Hey, and good Monday to you all. Even though it's late, I know, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I know, I know. I have a good reason. No, I don't. (laughs) I just had so much shit going on, it's ridiculous. I have a couple of deadlines coming up, I have other projects going on, it's just, uh, yeah, a lot of things unraveled. Uh, Family, friends, all that good stuff, planning all that it's just best made plans you know what are you gonna do but it doesn't mean i didn't have something for you guys so one of the things we're gonna do is uh this is gonna i'm gonna be putting on a panel from uh orlando maricon 2014 it was a indie comics panel it was really informative really good and had a lot of good heads on there um guys like jeff kaufman uh, one of the the publishers now he's doing some uh, Jolly Jane on Kickstarter and stuff like that. Brian Polito, creator of Lady Death, uh, Chaos Comics, he does his own coffin uh, publishing. Also, Martin Piero from Cosmic Times, um, myself, and uh, and uh, hosted by Terry Cronin, who does Students as Usual. It's a really good panel. I found it the other day. I had a recording. I go, man, you know, it was pretty interesting, pretty funny. Had a lot of interesting bits. I think it was informative. So I said, you know what? I'm going to slip it in, put it in one of the podcasts one of these days. And since I'm up to my neck with some deadlines and commissions, I go, oh, this is perfect. And like that, you guys have a nice chunky thing to listen to. And uh, maybe you'll uh, walk away with something, you know. Um, Other than that, we have a bunch of stuff going on right now. I have a big show uh, for Saturday uh, with uh, MI Brewery. We're going to be at Magic City, uh, Creature Entertainment, and Goblin's Heist. Then we have Art on Palm the week after, um, plus a bunch of other stuff, and then personal things going on. So, yeah, you know, uh, what are I going to tell you? You know, but hey, it's still technically Monday, still technically on time, still technically in your hands. <laughs> so don't kill me, okay? Um, if you want to see anything, I'll probably be at Sweet Caroline's on Tuesday doing uh open mic there uh, i'll probably do some five five minutes up there and then uh and i don't know what else i'm just gonna be running around trying to finish some stuff but uh that's all for this week i'm gonna come back next week with more um i think a serious amount of comic book reviews i think i'm gonna do a, a good uh slew of comic book reviews of uh stuff that i'm reading right now there's some really interesting stuff some really cool things and uh get in touch uh if you have any questions you know, if you're on Anchor, send in a voicemail. Let me know what's up. If not, hit me up. As always, Fuagata, F-W-A-C-A-T-A, uh, dot com, and, uh, or at secretmediagroup at gmail.com. And uh, let me know what you think, whether you're listening, and uh, what's going on. And we'll talk later. Enjoy the panel. See, I'm special. I've got I got vitamin water. That's better than regular. No, I get I, I tend to get in trouble every once in a while. It's so pink. I ask for Pink's better. But I like to uh, not not upset anybody. Yeah, the special condition that needs uh, pink water. That's right. All my daughter. All my medication is mixed into one thing. I'm fine.
had dropped the F-bomb the other day, and she said it's okay because we're, we're in the house. And I was trying to figure out where that rule got passed, you know, because I think I should have to vote on that one, you know. Not like Congress or anything, but just like my wife and I, hold on, vote, and I, and I, I don't know if I should get the designing vote if it's just between you and your wife. I guess it depends on the topic. You know, like I, I think my wife, my daughter's swearing in the house. I, I think I might get that one. Because you know, if it deals with anything like uh, me actually eating anything, I think she gets it because she's the one who's got to do everything. Okay, I'll, no, I don't get a vote. We're gonna die. Interrupt and just welcome Sorry. everybody to psychotherapy with Jeff Kaufman. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of publisher for Cosmic Times. These are our books. Um, I, I am the publisher. That's kind of the role I chose. I, I went to a panel at Megacon, maybe 07, uh, and somebody up on the panel convinced me that being a comic publisher was a cool idea, and he's sitting next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. 
I thought, <laughs> I that now I hear him talking about being a comic publisher is a bad idea. The, um, but no, I had an idea for a comic. I wanted to publish it. I couldn't find some way to publish it, so I said, I'll just do it myself. Um, that's what I did, and it, things just kind of snowballed from there. Um, bounced around the indie scene for a while doing, um, I guess what you would call self-publishing, just publishing my own stuff, then picked up a few guys, and uh, just uh, last, I am about to lose it, last year we um, we finally cracked the, the egg and got into Diamond, and now we're a nationally distributed comic publisher, which actually just means you lose, awesome. more, you lose more money faster. Martin, let me interrupt you. Please do. You, don't, you forget to always mention that you were the one who wrote the, the, the comic book about Ariana Huffington. Which I'm sure everybody owns. Right, but yeah. you, were featured, you were featured in Wall Street Journal. Yes. Know, which was a, a great thing. I mean, it was really It made me zero money, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he still, he's still yeah. got the blurbs from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I do. I, I, actually, you're like negative money. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm ne I have negative money, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's, do a Google search for me. You'll find all kinds of interesting things. What's your big titles right now? That oh, right. I'm sorry. Say I'm losing it. Uh, our, our, the big book we have, our graphic novel, Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew. Um, it's in your comic stores right now. Uh, coming out next... The last Wednesday of the month, Metal Locus is going to be in your comic stores. The first issue of a four-issue series, so we got all kinds of stuff going on. A bunch of new stuff on the horizon coming up. So watch, watch the website, CosmicTimes.net. Juan Navarro from Creature. Tell Take us it. about yourself, Juan. My voice is even rougher than his. No, I'm wow, kidding. That so good. <laughs> um, my name is Juan Navarro. I'm the editor in chief of uh, Creature Entertainment. We're a film and comic book studio out of Miami, Florida. Uh, we do mostly um, horror, crime, and science fiction. We kind of like fixed the genres and said we're going to fix on these. We're not going to move from here. We might expand maybe later on, but that's what we kind of concentrate on. I do such books as Ravenous, which just got nationally published, and we have some great numbers uh, through Diamond. And uh, this is the issue one variant, which I got. We just released it on our online store over the weekend, and we got over 100 orders waiting for us like back home to do. So we're, it's kind of nuts. It's a great uh, werewolf horror book that we're doing. And then we do other stuff like uh, Tommy, which is a story about a little kid who's an who has an imaginary friend and finds out his imaginary friend's a serial killer. Um, that is issue one, and it, I do, uh, I'm also the artist and writer on those series. And uh, I do also Zombie Years, which is a post-apocalyptic zombie tale that takes place in Miami. It's like Walking Dead with way better weather. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that we like to look in. Some of it's tongue-in-cheek, some of it's real horror. Most of the time we just look for stories. Um, and I started, uh, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design for sequential art. I went to a bunch of there. I had a chance to go to a painting school uh, full-fledged in Kansas City and study painting. I was, you know, Scholastic Awards. I did all this stuff. And I was very well on my way to do fine arts. And I went into comics because I found out that was my original love. That's why I got into it. And because of that, when they said, hey, there's a school called SCAD. You can go study and do sequential art there. I went, oh, shit, let's go. <laughs> you know? I thought that was awesome, man. I went there. I ended up graduating from University of Florida, but since then I've been pursuing that, and that's been probably the last 20 years pursuing comics. And now as an independent creator, I've had the most freedom and most fun doing it. Juan, thank you so much. We're going to come back to you. Give him a big round. Oh, thank you. We're going to come back to you because I want to talk about the successful Kickstarter program. I think a lot of people are going to talk about that in a moment, yeah. too. Uh, but next we'll go to Austin Janowski. Austin, tell us about you. You're an artist, obviously, but tell us about independent comics. Hi, I'm Austin Janowski. Uh, I've been doing comic books since 1994. Um, I cut my teeth in the independent scene 
with a small company called Ally Comics, which was actually, funny enough, local to where I lived. And we worked on a book called Cosmic Times. What? I know, right? Ooh. Well, yeah. um, no, Cosmic Waves, that's what it was. Thank you. Dude. Thank you. Yeah. It's been that long way. So during that time, they said, well, do you have anything that you want to do yourself? I'm like, yeah, I got a really cool story. It's uh, based on my D&D character. It's called Seventh Millennium. They go, well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll publish that. That'd be great. I'm like, cool. So I needed to find someone to help me you know, pencil the story. And we put through Diamond and Capital. Back then, you had two main distributors, Diamond and Capital. And uh, it went through them, and I had X amount ordered, and I printed X amount, and I made money on it, and I thought, well, this is great. This is easy. And that's kind of brought me down the independent path. Um, primarily, I'm a comic book inker professionally. Um, I've worked for uh, I Marvel on X-Men and Iron Man. I've done some Batman stuff for DC. I've been lucky enough to do stuff for, for Image and a bunch of other companies. Um, but my first love's always been the independent and putting out my own stories. Um, over the years, besides Seventh Millennium, I've put out a superhero book called Tan. Um, I've put out a book called Stanley the Snowman. Um, and then my most recent is a Christian-based uh, book called Divine Retribution, um, which actually I had a preview Megacon exclusive thing, and it just sold out, which was amazing. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, even though I've worked in mainstream and, and done all that sort of stuff, I think the independent scene is really the way to go. You have the most creativity. You have the ability to tell the story the way you want to, how you want to and touch the audiences that you would like to without really having the um, constriction of the corporate that is Marvel and DC nowadays. So that's what I'm doing. Hi guys, uh, my name is Martin Dunn. Um, I am busy all the time. Uh, I am the art director for Hashtag Comics, which is a brand new indie studio out of West Virginia. Um, I also am the editor-in-chief of uh, Con Artist Entertainment, or CAD Studios now, as we call it, um, out of Tampa. Uh, I write, I draw, I do all that stuff. Um, I've only been doing this for about five years, thanks to Juan Navarro, who he doesn't like the same credit, but he's the one who inspired me to do this. Um, no. <clears throat> I've worked for IDW Publishing, uh, currently working on some stuff for Image, and uh, been working to get this book done for like the last four years and then several others. Um, that's pretty much it. Podcasts, webcasts, panels, things like that. So. Martin, Martin, throw out some of the titles. You got a title coming out right now. Um, yeah, I'm working on a book called uh, Carpe Noctum with uh, artist Derek Fish and uh, Colorist Studio Challenge Studios for uh, Hashtag. It's in Diamond. You can go to your local comic shop and uh, ask for it. It's coming now May 27th. Yes, I got a nod. Yes, May 27th. Is it for children? No, it's a mature It's a mature audience book, definitely. Um, it's supernatural, crazy, definitely. Like, we've, uh, one of the reviewers, um, uh, Bleeding Cool reviewers, called it the kitchen sink of monster books. So it literally has anything and everything you could ever want from Cthulhu, Lovecraftian, anything to like, how is it put to me? We're not allowed to legally say it's Tolkien uh, archetypes, but there's like goblins and trolls and stuff in it too. But it's crazy. It takes place in Las Vegas. It's about an underworld and elder gods and vampires and werewolves and goblins and trolls and craziness. And 
It's it's dark. In my opinion, they say it's a horror. I think it's more dark comedy with you know more elements, but it's fun, man. It's just been a lot of fun, a lot of work. Uh, it's, everything we do is a lot of work, I think. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I mean, my biggest projects lately have just been. I've not done a lot of creative in the last few months. I've been working a, a lot in the backside of things, helping Hashtag get their stuff built up for Diamond, which has been exhausting and creatively draining in its own way. So. Fantastic. Brian, for God's sake, we have you here. We have your mind. Tell us about Independent Comp. Take us through the history, obviously, Lady Death. Evil Ernie, everything that's going on with you is just amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll give you my resume. My name is Brian Polito. I've been making comic books independently for 24 years now. Uh, I've written over 330 comics. I've published or written or created several thousand projects. I've been lucky enough to publish things including Insane Clown Posse Comics, World Wrestling Entertainment Comics, comics for Megadeth, and my own comics, probably most known for Lady Death, Evil Ernie, in the entire Chaos Comics universe. Recently, what was totally fun was I got to sue Avatar Press and grind them into the ground and settle and take full ownership back of my flagship character, Lady Death. There you go. Why wasn't that covered in Bleeding Cool? Fascinating. It was, uh, it was very interesting, guys, and it's a bit of a tangent, but uh, it was the most exhilarating experience. At the end of the day, when I cut my final check to my lawyer, I shook his hand and I said, this is the best money I've spent in the last decade. And he looked at me quizzically and said, uh, and Jeff will probably appreciate this, uh, that's the first time he'd ever heard that from a client. <laughs> um, so that was very exhilarating, and uh, right after that, taking full control of the character, I relaunched her through a Kickstarter, something I wanted to do for so long. And uh, how we approached the Kickstarter was we actually got everything done before the Kickstarter except for pressing the but button on printing, and then upon it being funded, we literally pressed the button on printing. So we'll be delivering this new Lady Death chapter in the next 30 days, and that is a, a a little bit of what's been going on for me. All very, very fun, and as you can imagine, occasionally challenging, but all in all, exhilarating. I have a question for you. Sure. Okay, I, that's just something I was wondering. So I, I, I still see, like, see that Avatar has Bloody Death comics coming out. Yes, yeah, so part of our settlement, what I can speak about, is they get one last nip at the trough. So okay. Lady Death Apocalypse will be their final Okay, I was just curious about that. that. You're I, welcome yeah. to ask, ask anything, and uh, anything that I can answer, I can. So that's theirs. And uh, Avatar is a very loyal company, so the guy who was writing Lady Death, Mike Wolfer, was summarily dismissed and was replaced for this last series. So nothing but uh, friendship and loyalty out of that company. <laughs> you know, whenever we have this... In my, in my opinion... Uh -oh. Go for no, it. No, 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 Brian, and that, with in my opinion. In, in, uh, thank you. In my, I, in my opinion, I appreciate that. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're right. Thank you, man. You know, That'll be a dollar. What I was going to say, <laughs> whenever we have this panel, you know, we have a lot of thank people you. out here who want to get in. They want to do what you're doing, you know, and they want to know how, how to get started. Brian, tell us how you got started. Oh, my gosh. We're going back to a different time. I'll try to be quick. Uh, <laughs> I started, I think I, I actually just love comics, still do. And I actually put an ad in a thing called Comic Buyer's Guide oh, yeah. for an artist. And I tried out 70 artists. 
and in my mind I had two criteria, which was the quality of the work and then that person's professionalism. And after 70 artists, I gave up, honestly. And then about a week later, I got a submission from a fellow named Stephen Hughes, and we met, and it you know, became two-thirds of the Mod Squad, and we were off to the races. But you know, that sentence took me one minute to tell you, but the whole process for me took several years of trial and error. And um, however, once I got together with Hughes, we teamed up, and we did what at the time was called packaging our book. So we put together a synopsis, a series of pages, uh, and lettered pages as well, and shopped them around to publishers of the time. And we took the best of all the worst deals that we were offered that allowed us to retain uh, ownership. And from there, we got published by Malibu Press, which was a blast. And through luck of the Irish, pardon me? I love Malibu. Yeah, it was fun. Through luck of the <laughs> Irish, it, uh, Evil Ernie was the first book, and it got it caught on. So that was a very dated experience of how it worked for me. I don't know how it works these days. But I think the principles are probably applicable, where maybe if you're a writer, you find an artist. If you're an artist, you find a writer. You get your stuff seen. One, one takeaway, and, and then I'll shut up, is uh, early on, prior to Evil Ernie, I had a meeting, a sit-down meeting with the editor at Marvel at the time, and I had a written proposal for a uh, post-apocalyptic patriotic hero series. Just in writing, no art. And that person said, he considered me a person that he knew. And he had a submission pile of people he knew, and he had a submission pile of people he did not know. And early on in the conversation, he put my pile, or my submission, in the pile of people he knew. During the two-hour conversation with him, that submission pile of people he knew went up about another eighth. And my takeaway, from, and at the end of the conversation, we thanked each other, it was great. My takeaway from that was that he was overwhelmed, this really wasn't part of his job, he meant well, but it would never get read, and it never got read. So hence, I decided to take up the mantelpiece myself, package it, so to speak, get an artist, and do it on my own, and have a look back. Martin, you mentioned Juan was a, was a uh, role model for you. Can we get off that subject? <laughs> Jeez. How did you, how did you, I don't want to get blamed for that. Um, actually, it's, it's funny. I, out, of, out of high school, my, my art teacher was, I was in love with one of my comics is my whole thing. Um, actually, Chaos oh, Comics, like that, I was in love with indie comics, just something material. different. Um, and I got to meet uh, Michael Turner, like right as he was doing like uh, Witchblade, I think it was, or something like that. And um, my, my art teacher had set that up. And then he went through some things and he got me an internship at CrossGen, but I ended up chasing a woman across the country and having kids with her and marrying her and crazy stuff. So I kind of got out of comics for like 10 years. A buddy of mine was like, dude, you should make comics, you should get back into comics, da, da, da. And I used to always doodle and, and write and stuff like that, but I didn't really like, uh, you know, pursue it. So I was working in the music industry and stuff, and we came to Megacon, I don't remember what year it was exactly, but we, we met Creature Entertainment. Juan had some Zombiers books up there, and um, I'm looking through them and I bought one. And I was like, I just asked him some questions, I was like, how did you, you know, like, like I mean, you just, you just do it yourself. Because I had no idea, like, I mean, even like intern at CrossGen, I really didn't put together how you could just do it yourself. For some reason, I always had like this block, like, oh, I, I gotta have a publisher. I have to have someone to take my, my pictures on paper and put it on, like, on more paper. I, I don't know why that is so complicated when you really think about it, because it's really not, but that's what it was. And Juan's like, explain everything, and he's giving me all this information. And the funny fact is, I talked to like, maybe four or five other indie publishers, maybe some bigger publishers before that, that weekend, and just asked questions. And they all gave me the same run around, like, oh, you know, I mean, it's just a process, and you know, it, it just, it don't, you know, just whatever. And he was like the only guy I sat there and 
spent a lot of time doing it. And, I mean, I, I think that, you know, part of me wants to know that Juan was like, well, these guys buy my books, so I'm going to talk to him and answer his questions. But, you know, maybe, maybe he was wanting to inspire Did somebody. You buy his books? Do what? Did you yeah, I did. I actually own, I think That's I, I so buy a lot of creature stuff. I, I love to give information to people, but I hate it when they're just taking all your time and they're not buying anything. So no, I think I bought every, I think I bought, these guys buy their books is what I'm I believe I bought, um, I bought, the first volume of Zombie Years, and I forget what else you guys had to. I, I think you had like the too. first issues. Yeah, I did that. Back then, I was before issue five. Yeah, yeah. I had that, and then before I had. I, uh, I bought like some art. He had some art that I bought there, like a post. I think it was uh, the first year. You guys might have had the. Um, the famous copper tone hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been it. I got that, and so I got that stuff. I went home and I just started kind of doing some research, and um, I. Uh, I credit a lot of it to Juan for that, and then honestly, a lot of people, especially guys up here who know, will be shocked. I'm not getting into it; it's stupid. But a guy named Gene Hoyle helped me out a lot with some information and put me on the right path to figure out some publishing and put me in contact with Martin Piero, who gave me some more information. And I just kind of—that's kind of how it started, really, for me—was just gathering the right information. And that's why now, for me, when people come to me and say, like, everyone's always like, "I don't want to bother you," and I know you probably want to help me. I get Twitter, like, people on Twitter and Facebook all the time. I give them every information I can. I tell you where I get my stuff printed. I tell you where I go. I tell you, what, I tell you that you know there's tutorials on YouTube. You don't have to go and pay someone to do this. You can learn it yourself if you have the time and the effort and the patience. But yeah, like I mean, that's pretty much my story for that. So. Fantastic, Austin. How, about, how did you get by? How did you get the bug, so to speak? What for comics? Yeah. No AIDS. What? We are in a comic panel. You see how everyone else here is really kind of the whole serious, I'm super cool comic book person, I'm like, you know, the, the comic relief, it's okay. I don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. I hate you forever. Okay, so I collected comic books since I was 14. And I had a buddy of mine, uh, Dave, who was like disgustingly talented, like the people who didn't really have to try, just one of those people who just like could do it. And we are going to uh, the show in Syracuse called the Make-A-Wish Show. And I was a big ElfQuest fan. Does anyone know who ElfQuest is? Wendy Richapini? Okay. That, that defined my whole high school life, basically. Smoking pot, reading ElfQuest. That was basically me, honestly. In your opinion. In my opinion. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. That's another dollar. <laughs> so it doesn't come for free. <laughs> I knew Bart Sears because he lived in Syracuse and he would just started working on Justice League Europe. I wanted a power growth sketch. I wanted boobs, right? So he's like, well, let's just bring some stuff and let's just, we'll get that done. I'm like, cool. So I have my, I, I got my drawing stuff, but I had more of inking stuff because he could draw and I did inking. I had no idea what it was. So I, I'm waiting in line, I'm waiting in line. I go and I finally get my sketch and literally I do this. So I'm looking down, it's a headshot. This, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at him. And he looks up and he's like, what? And I said, really? Nothing? He's like, you know how many, know, you know how many things I've done? I'm like, well, and that's, that's a bad thing? So he noted me holding some samples. He's like, what, are you an artist or something? I'm like, ah. you know, you get all tongue-tied and took my stuff. And I remember he looked at it, and then he stopped, and he looked at it again. Now, Graham Nolan was sitting next to him. He was working on Hawk World. And Tom Lyle, who at the time was working on Robin, he looked at it. Then Wendy Richard Pina looked at it. And then Tom Vincent, who was colors for Silver Circulator, and it just got passed right down the table. So they wrote some stuff down, and they said, we think if you work on this, 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 and this, you have a shot, because it looks like you have some talent. You know, come back next year, and we'll see what you got. So I'm like, woo! 
Go so home. That, didn't, that didn't hurt your feelings that they were critical. They, they weren't. They weren't really that critical. They were just very nice, and they just wrote some things down. And I was like, "Ooh, this is great!" So I'm going to be a comic book artist. And mom and dad said, "That's great. You can have a backup plan." So I got my degree in design, so I could, you know, in case things didn't work out. So I went back next year, and I got shredded, and I got shredded again because I kept showing my stuff around. Because this was before the internet, and computers, and everything. You actually physically had to meet someone, say, "Hi, how are you? I have my stuff. Love you to take a look. Let me know what you think, and then take your beatings." Or constructive criticism, as they call it. And after a while, things got more positive than negative until finally I was able to actually get offered a job inking. I enjoyed inking more than penciling because I asked myself, do I want to work on great characters or do I want to work with great characters and great artists, great pencilers? And I said, I want to be an inker. Brush inking, that sort of thing. And that kind of got me into, well, you know, this is some cool stories, you know, working with Allied and these other independents that you really have outside the box. Teenage Mutant Turtles, all them. The indie scene back in the early 90s was really just blowing up. This was before Image really kind of took off. And I said, I, I want to try to do that. You know, I, I've got a story. I think I can maybe try to do something like that, you know. So I found people that they like my inking and I like your penciling. That's really cool. Hey, should we do a book? Yeah, that's great. We'll just go do whatever, and then that's how the first issue kind of came out. Well, you know, Austin, that's just a neat, a neat point, and I, I wanted to go to Juan to ask him about this too, because you're the art director for Creature. A lot of times, people are going to come to you and show you their art. Um, how do you? I, I, mean, I, I know you're a very positive person. How do you destroy them? Well, you know, I know. Neil Adams. What do you? What do you? What do you do? The thing, the thing is this, there's two ways of going about it. Look, if you're doing business and this is somebody that you already have worked with before and it's just a professional thing, you yay or nay it and you go on and they, they can do it. If, and as some people have said, I've kind of evangelized and I want to help people in comics. I would think everybody here, you guys should go make them no, no matter what. You know, if there's something you really want to do, go make it. Your first comic's going to suck. It's just going to part of the process. But because of that, I try to always help, and, and it's a different side of critiquing and trying to help somebody improve something. If somebody tells you this doesn't work, hey, your anatomy's bad, or this panel's not working, or something like that, that's not them attacking you. That's just them trying to help you make it better. It's constructive criticism. Yeah, because if, if you're reading a comic and somebody drew the arm kind of weird and it's like, you know, like all like this, it's going to take you out of it for a second. You're suddenly going to stop reading it and be like, why is that arm... That guy's arm's all messed up. Or yeah, that, but then you look up and the guy's like, it's my book. Oh, well, then that will be kind of cool. How many people in the audience are artists? How many people are artists? And that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Also, I would dare say, because like, I've done this, I, I've done this before, but how many of you are writers? How many of you are artists? All right, art writers talk to the artists, artists talk well, to the writers. Go make a comic book. Later, he's a master. He's a yeah. master. We're doing, uh, real quick, so, 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 if Terry doesn't mind, this afternoon, um, I think across the way, another panel room, I'm doing, we're, me and Derek Fish and a couple people are going to host. It was a joke. Me and Juan made this joke on a panel we were on last year at MegaCon. We were going to do comic creator speed dating. So if you're a writer and an artist, come in. We're going to pair you up, and the writers are going to give the artists a, like a one-minute 
elevator pitch. And if you guys like it, you guys can leave together. And if you don't, then you stay and keep And whatever out. happens afterwards. That's up to you guys. But just use protection. It was just a joke, and we'll answer questions on how to get your comics published and how to, to self-publish and stuff like that. But that was the, it was really just a joke. And we it's, just a like, idea, no, it's a great that's idea. Great. And of course, you'll build your network. It sounds like a fantastic thing. Make that but, happen. Yeah, yeah, well, it's coming. It's this afternoon, like 4:10. So, what happens in Megacon stays in Megacon. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to add something. Once said it was actually uh, there was a um, a friend of mine had gotten his portfolio reviewed by Neil Adams, and everyone up here knows Neil yeah. Adams is brutal portfolio reviewer. But uh, my friend had tried to use like he he made the worst mistake ever, and he told Neil Adams because Neil Adams insulted his anatomy, and Neil Adams doesn't tell you that your anatomy is bad. He insults your anatomy, your personal your personal anatomy, and uh, he. <laughs> He basically said it, and my friend defended his art, which he shouldn't have done, and he said, well, I like to try to think that I have like a more Mike Magnolia style. And Neil Adams flipped that and was like, Mike Magnolia knows how to draw anatomy. Like, it, stylization doesn't count for anatomy. Like, your anatomy has to be good, and that's what one yeah. thing Juan was saying. It's like sometimes people will defend bad anatomy based on, what's my style? And, and you're... No, and, and it even works us, uh, out for us as a publisher. One of the things that I've done is that I've luckily have some people like Najmi Marquez and, and some, we brought them in and they're very young, they're just starting out and we try to help them out, build their stuff. You know, they, they work around us. Like we're in the hotel room and Jose Varese is drawing, Patrick Riley, you know, uh, Jeff Decal, we're all artists, we're there talking and he gets to see how we're doing things and how we talk. And, all the little things that have to happen that you'll be around it and his work is building up and it's great because then I get to find the guy it's cheap labor and when they leave me and become so successful like Jeff DeCal did you know later on when he left the company I mean you know he's still part of it but he's doing stuff well, for Marvel you know you get to help that and you grow that and, uh, and that's as, part of it as an artist too with that one like I'll say like surrounding yourself with artists that are you know also creating around you is also really good for your art like I I dabbled in art for a while, mostly wrote, but I started to hang out with Javier Lugo and Derek Fish on like a weekly basis, us just getting together and drawing and hanging out and working well, on really, comics together. It's really good to have a good culture yeah. of creativity around you, and you build that culture around you. Speaking of good culture and creativity, you also have to be able to, to pick it out and know that something's good. Right. You have to have like a palette. Yeah. It has to have a seed yeah. to it, yeah. yeah. You're going to be in trouble. You might be hanging around people and you've got a bad palette. Two people who have good talents here are Jeff Kaufman and Mark Piera. Yes. How do you guys? How do you guys pull talent? I mean, how do you? What? Do you guys search favors. the artist out, or do the artist search you out? <laughs> oh, oh, for real. No you gag reflex. You want me to lie? Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Go ahead. You lie. Um, <laughs> most of the talent I've worked with, pretty much, I met at MegaCon or shows in Orlando. The um, my creative director Zach came up to me at the old FX show, the last one that was here. And just said, I really want to work, man. Just I, whatever you got, I want to do it. And you know, his work was good, but his attitude was great. It was, I just want to work. So somebody, please give me some work. So I, I did, and we've been together since 2009. And uh, he helps me out with everything we do. Like I say, he's my creative director. So and you just met him at Megacon. Just it was it was FX, but you know, same. Okay. And he, he came up to the booth and he said, "I just want some work. If you have some work, I'll take it." And my my buddy Mike Wagoner, uh, who's at my booth right now, same thing. It was uh, it was at a mixer or something. Was some, we went to some bar before Megacon a couple of years ago, and he was there. I met him, and uh, we hit it off great. Uh, that's kind of the, the thing too. If you're gonna, Sorry, what was that? Nicest guy ever. Okay. <laughs> you know, not so much with the deadlines, but the nicest guy ever. <laughs> yeah. 
But again, that's part of it too. If you're a writer or even a publisher or an editor, you have to have a decent relationship with your, your talent. I know I sometimes yell at him, like, you need to get your talent in line, yell at them, yell at them, beat them. And at the end of the day, you can't. Because like he, he pointed out just the other day, if, if I was just pouring truckloads of money in his front lawn, yeah, I have, I have a right to yell at him and kind of force him to get hit his deadlines. But I'm not. So it's kind of a give and take relationship, especially when it's a writer-artist partnership. It's a partnership more so than it is like an employee-employer situation. And it's a lot of communication. Um, you kind of learn through failure. And the good thing is about your asking us questions is, you know, you got to learn through some of our failures. Uh, I, I disagree with the concept that you do not set your expectations with the people you work with. Uh, I think it's it's a you're basically setting yourself up for pain. I've done it before. I've made artists beforehand, before they did the work. Uh, you you just have to follow through. You say, okay, if you want to be, if I hire you or I work with you, these are my expectations. I will pay you every 10 pages once it's in the server. I will do these certain things. You will deliver. This is our schedule. Um, the minute you realize this guy can't handle the schedule, you got to move on because. You know, you don't have time for this. There are deadlines in comic books, and nothing is worse for a lot of you. And I know some of your readers, and I'm a reader, when that book doesn't come out, when that book doesn't get to you, you go, wait, oh, this guy's, this guy's a genius, and I'm not going to piss on anybody because I don't do that. But, you know, how, how pissed off are you when issue three never comes out, or issue four never comes out, or it takes six months to read the damn thing, and you're pulling your hair out, and you're a fan, when that book finally gets there, you're going to be pissed off. You're not going to appreciate it as much. So when you hire somebody or decide to work with them, there was, what was that, Raising Arizona? When I didn't have crawfish, I ate sand. You ate sand, I ate sand. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes you don't have the money to be able to pay somebody as professional as you would like. So you are sometimes stuck with the bottom of the barrel. But if you are not stuck, then be a professional. Get a contract. When you, when you work with somebody, have a contract to find what their roles are. If you're splitting rights, make it very clear what rights you're splitting. Yep. If, you, if you need a backup in case he doesn't finish it and that he loses his rights, make sure that's in because you don't want to be arguing 10 years later or 15 years or even a month later about who has control over this because you were, you were too lazy to go on the internet and download a, a basic contract. And this isn't me speaking as an attorney, this is me speaking as a publisher who had to actually go back and force an artist to give away all his rights. Because he failed, he treated me like crap, and he owed me an ass load of money. And you don't want to be in that position, because the hardest thing about these things is, imagine when you finally get this into your hands, and it's yours, and you love it, and it now represents something ugly to you. I hate that artist. I hated the relationship. I hated everything. And when I look at it, I don't look at my creativity. I don't look at all the great things that made me want to do this. It reminds me of raw failure, and I want to vomit when I see it. Now, I'm fortunate that that's not the case with this book. I had Kevin West. I had Mark McKenna. <laughs> I had Tom Cho. And I had a, a great Marvel DC team put together a book that even if my writing sucked, you didn't care. You liked the artwork. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to be a professional. Be a professional. You want to do this? Mm -hmm. This isn't a hobby. Stephen, professional, Brian. I would like to chime in on Jeff's point, which I agree to. And it, it speaks to a different topic. It sounds kind of peculiar, but it speaks to the hiring process. And that's something I felt that I learned way back in the day, continue to watch for. So what I mean by this is, 
here's, here's my criteria for hiring a comic book artist. It's, is the work compelling and exciting, fun storytelling? So the, that, that quality, that it's great, that's a given. And the second quality is professionalism. So if the person promises X, do they deliver X or Y? Now, sometimes when you're on the line, you don't want to learn that. So we actually have a pretty rigorous hiring process where we, by design, put a couple of hoops there so we can see if this person will fulfill on the promise. Because there's nothing more irritating than getting halfway into a book and someone drops off the face of the earth or doesn't have communication. So our hiring process diagnoses a person's ability to communicate change, to fulfill on a given promise, uh, or not. And to make comic books very easy for everyone involved, our deadline, this might sound too simple, but our deadlines for everything is on Monday. So let's say an artist is hired to do three pages a week, the delivery date is Monday. It doesn't matter. Um, four, Monday, five, Monday, whatever it is. Monday comes and goes, that's a problem. And uh, now there's no, this hasn't been perfected, you know, but recently this seems to really, really work. Keeping it simple, Monday deadline, keeping the promise, and you know, like Jeff, the, you know, the reward is, is payment and on time, and the consequence is uh, every day you're late, I'm late, etc. So food for thought. You know, when I was, when I was just starting out, and I wanted, I dreamed like all of you, I wanted to make a comic book, and I had this, you know, creative energy. I wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it. I really didn't know a lot how to do it, and I wanted to get an artist involved. I'm a terrible artist, but I, I have a lot of imagination. And I went around to artists, and I went on the internet, and I looked at their art. I said, yeah, I'd love to get you to do a project with me, and I tried to influence them, write an influential email, you know, that sounded like I knew what I was doing. But nobody really wanted to do it. They didn't believe in me. They didn't, you know, they didn't really believe that I had what it took, or, you know, they, for some reason or another, I couldn't seem to get people interested. So I, I kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, until I finally found some artists who were willing to help me. And I went for people who had, I felt like I had a good palette with, for good art. And I went to people and I said, I know, I know I can't afford to pay you what you're worth, but I'm hoping that you would be willing to do something with me, a short, a short story with me, so that we could get this project going. And they finally decided that they would. Jeff, you got to go to that one? Everything okay? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Be pissed off, Jeff. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Maybe you wanted a job. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so I, I can't afford to pay you what you work. And, and some people understood that. And I was able to get them, I was able to get them, and I was able to get a first issue done. And my first issue of Students the Unusual uh, got picked up by Diamond, and I they got distribution by Diamond. And it, I didn't realize what a great thing and lucky thing that was at the time because I'd never done this. But once that happened, and I went to MegaCon the first time, then I had artists like you wouldn't believe coming up to me, hey, I'd love to work with you, hey, I'd love to work with you, hey, I'd love to work with you. So once the train gets going, it gets yeah, a lot true. easier, and you get a lot of, lot of talent. Uh, also, with that, with that in mind, as, an, as people who want to be artists, if you get on a project and um, you, you know, you're, you're, you're late, you're, the book's never coming out, or you're, and the things, one of the things you realize is like finishing what you start, especially in this industry, is really important because when you have that book, that is your resume. You can show me pages all day. I'm serious. If you can, you can send me portfolios. I just did a portfolio review for the new artist for Joshua Black for me to do the second arc, and I looked at over 200 submissions. And everything I looked for was one of my 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 things was uh, send me if you've ever been published, if you've ever done anything, send me what you've worked on. Show me or at least tell me so I can go buy it or, or whatever. 
if you've been published before. And the reason that is is because if you can finish a project, if you can finish a, a three-issue, six-issue miniseries, and I know that you can finish my book. And the reason that is is I'm not, I'm not going to down anybody. I've gotten yelled at by Jeff in the past on panels for down somebody. But the thing is is that I, I've worked with several artists on Joshua Black. Some of them are friends that have come in and helped me at the last minute because I got with artists that they were good for two issues. They were great for two issues. But then I'd get five pages, and then I didn't hear from them for a month, two months. You know, just nothing. And then you have to find someone else because, like, you know, like Ryan was saying, like, you, you're, you're, you know, now that you're late, we're late. And the problem is, is that especially for pencilers, it's like when you are a penciler, you have to remember that you may meet your deadline on Monday, and if the, but if that Monday deadline is for the full page to be done, inked, colored, and lettered, then everyone else is late. The entire creative team. There's a lot of people don't realize when they get into this that there is a creative team usually on comics. You have penciler, you have an inker, you have a colorist, you have a, a letterer, and you know, sometimes an editor, like, you have those things. And yeah, a printer, printer yeah, yeah, and a printer, and especially, and I can also just, it's random, but just put it out there as people are getting into this, never ever set your deadlines around conventions, because you will hate your life, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Terry, real quick, real quick, there are people here who want to get into this industry, yeah. and we can, we can talk about all of our personal accomplishments and everything else like that. What I would like to be able to do with this is that you came here for us to help you learn how to do this. And we could tell our own stories and our own, we got shot in the head, and you know, but then again I shot him in the nuts, so we were equal. But um, uh, what I did was, what I noticed was um, about panels, which Terry, the first panel he saw was Terry put me on a panel, and the guy next to me was, oh, I got into comics in 1982, and it was good, it was fantastic, and you know, <laughs> and I slammed my head down on the bucket table because I was so bored and I sat up and I looked down and people actually thought it was funny. And I said, wow, you know, all I got to do is act like a complete asshole and people will not walk out of my panel. Well, you had a booger hanging out of your nose. Well, I, it was, I put it there. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is now is I want, you came here for something, so I want to make sure you get it. Um, so, take yeah, take, if, yeah. What I'd like to be able to do is for people to, to ask us what they, what they, how they really want to do this, so that we don't, so we get 20 minutes and we'll shotgun it back at them. I don't have to answer, but other, you know, just how. Go. Speak up, sir. Speak from your chest, son. Like, project. He's got a writer and an artist. Do you have a completed project? Is it something that's done? Do you have like pages? Do you have an issue one done? Ah, stop it. Well, did you? But did you? Is the art done? Is do you have? This is this is beyond that. I've been I've been learning a lot about pitching from guys like Jim Zub has been like ridiculous that's a name drop but he has been giving me a ton of information on pitching Jesus and i'm just really asking Jim's, him curiously uh, like do you uh, Jesus uh, yeah I, but no do you <laughs> do, do you have at least five pages of full art done that's pencils inks colors letters everything done okay if you get all of that done package it, package it up and you can go to image you can go to dark horse you can go to idw you can go to ani now I think, didn't Creature just open up submissions? Yeah. Yeah, and just, and then... But we want completed projects. Look, yeah. the thing is, is that, unbelievably, a lot of times, if you're dealing with an editor and art director, most of the time, they're 
incredibly stupid and unimaginary. So you have to treat it like that. Come to them with a completed project so they can see it and say, oh, cool, this is something like this. Oh, this looks a lot like Lady Death. Let's, like, let's, print, let's print this. Do it. <laughs> then I'm going to hire Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that they can understand the concept so it's more completed. We, we make the joke, me and him. <laughs> hey, I have an idea for a story. I, I have characters. characters yeah, yeah. I have characters. I have it copyrighted. We've heard it before. Have a project completed. No, he's like Superman, but not. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if you have a solid five pages yeah. and it yeah. tells part of the story and it not letting me know where it's going, you can show it to a publisher. Oh, a and have your... Now what they're hoping for, some other companies who I don't want to mention because they haven't announced it yet, but they really, they're not going to solicit or put anything until it's in the can. Yeah. So the suggestion is get your best five pages, best five, your best five or, pages that really tell what the story's about, not just a bunch of talking heads because somebody's going to have to, there's going to have to be a scene where somebody gets kicked in the face. Or something, but I mean something to excite somebody to go. Yeah, I want to see more of this. Right. And this have a, and have an ending. Have an ending. Have an ending. Don't tell me like, well, you know, I have this thing issues. and it's kind of going. Have an ending. Pretty yeah. much, you got to tell me in three paragraphs everything that happened, and I better go. Wow, cool. I want to see this happen. You want a story? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a story well, that you're publishing. Yeah, but be realistic. Don't have like this is my complex epic. It's 500 issues. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to run for the next 13 years. Yeah, we don't want to see, you know, a hundred years of solitude, you know, like just... I want to just uh, point this comic out to you. It's not published by me, it's published by a friend of mine called Indie Comics Magazine. If you put together an eight-page completed story and, and send it to him for a submission, he, most of the time, if it's good, he's going to print it. And this is distributed by Diamond. And now you've got a professional product, product out there and you can take it to Martin Dunn and he'll say, yeah, it, you have a professional exactly. product out, it's just an eight-pager. It's not a full comic, you know. So if you tell a short story, it's sort of like filmmaking. If you can tell a, a, a great story in a short, a short story, then you can tell a great it's, story. It's funny you say that because if you have the capability of doing it, if you can make your pitch into a, a trailer of what the series is about, a five-page trailer, if you will, like like a movie trailer, like this is this is all the beats. If you can do that in five pages, that's a good pitch. Like that's something because I mean it's not stuff you would end up maybe using in the final book, but it is something <coughs> to pitch to somebody. And a good example of that, if you just go get like. The anniversary edition of The Walking Dead, you see Robert Kirkman's original pitch with Tony Moore. It's nothing at all what appeared in the comic. But it is it is a solid pitch. It, it's like watching a movie trailer. It's like, oh, it's the beats of what happened. And that's the best advice I can give you for pitching. I'd also say it's fair to, if you could orate it as well, that it makes it for a compelling thing. So, for example, if you're having a conversation over a, over a cocktail here at the comic book convention and you happen to come upon a publisher and you're talking about your project, if you could express it in two or three sentences in a compelling manner, uh, you're, you're that much further ahead. Because it, it speaks not only to that it's a concise project, but that you have, you have it sorted out. As opposed to if it takes you 10 minutes to explain it, it tends to indicate a lot of things aren't sorted out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, I don't like it too much. Don't practice it all the time, but it does help sometimes when I've pitched stuff to other people. Sometimes if, even if it's like, it's like RoboCop meets Winnie the Pooh, if it works, it works, and well, just pitch that. And that's if an it gives pitch. them a, if it yeah. gives them a clearer picture. And that's what they call an elevator pitch. What he yeah, just I did like there that. is technical. Oh, but that of yeah. this meets that is really bad form, and there's a lot of people that look at you like an idiot for doing it. But sometimes you're dealing with an idiot to so do you it. You might have noticed when he was talking about Tommy, I was mouthing the. Um, <laughs> it's a. Boy, He's heard it enough a times. Million times. Million mm. times. Next question. Terry's the one. 
what's the best way to go about putting together a team when you're just starting? Right now, you're in a room full of artists and writers. Talk to them, say what's up, what's going on, give a card, you're at a con, go around the artist alley, talk to different artist people. Alley. Just yeah. tell you, say, hey, you know, if you like some, what somebody's doing, you know, talk them up. You know, if you're a writer, convince an artist to be putting that time towards it. You know, there's two ways of convincing an artist, either the idea or that's going to be the convincing thing. Right here. Digitalwebbing.com, right in here, right, you're right in here. Digitalwebbing.com, here in the Art forums, um, there's Pencil Jack, uh, Facebook groups like crazy. There's so many Facebook groups. Yeah. Here's, here's my trick, I shouldn't tell this because this is good for everybody, but Boom has a great Facebook yes, submission. Yeah. And I checked that, so I don't know, forward slash boom submission, whatever. People are always posting. Yeah. And I want to even add this because I, I wanted to say it before. Within the cons when you do them, we all talk. We're always talking. Yeah. And Marno will come up to me and say, hey, man, I found this anchor at Albuquerque. Hey, I need a colorist. Mm -hmm. We're always talking. So if there's so-and-so is on there and out there and they're working out and it's really good, by the other side of it, if they're not working out, oh, there's yeah. a problem. So time out. Let me ask you a question. Okay. What did he just tell you to look at? Name those things. What are some of the... Uh, he said, give me an hour. I done that. Okay. Um, the one website... Uh, Go ahead. Digital website. Hang on, hang on. Oh, yeah. Hang on. I, I went to several forums, posted several things. You should be writing this down, by but, the way. But the problem is... There's no I, problem. I, I but the problem is, when I find people, either A, their art isn't what I'm looking for. Okay. And the art that is, like, I do want... May I have permission to be rigorous? What's way too much money? What's way too much money? Can I have permission to be rigorous with you for a minute? Alright. Treat him as a hostile witness, goddammit. Exactly. Here's the thing. Sorry for the religious people. I am sorry. It's not easy. You have to play numbers. I'm just, I've cast a new comic book project, an 88-page OGN, and it took me seven months. I, I don't even know how many people I looked. And um, it just, it's not easy. And I get it, and I'm sympathetic, but I think you gotta focus on the solution, not the problem, not the I can't, but the I can't. I'm just sorry. Well, it's I, gonna happen I, too I, that you can get people that are, um, great artists, but they suck at deadlines, right. or they and, suck at writing an email, well, you know. If I was trying to submit to like one of your publishing things, do you guys look more at the story or the art? Everything. It's a complete package. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. The complete idea. All right, so Image Comics, right? If you submit to Image Comics right now your three issues, yeah. and they say, we want this, this is great, and you're like, yeah, but the artist is AWOL, they'll say, no, we don't want it. Right. They want, they, there's, there's two things, there's two factors in, in pitching that they look at. The writer and the penciler have to always be attached nine out of ten times unless you are someone who has previously been published or established. That is, that's just something that they look at immediately. If you look at the submission guidelines and read them and pay attention to all of them, because a lot of people are like, oh my god, there's so much to read. Read everything. Jeff will tell you that. He's a, he's a lawyer. Read everything. Like, you need to read everything because that's in the submission guidelines. But as for, you know, the one thing you were saying was, and they asked for too much. What exactly is too much? I mean, what is your budget? You need to, that's something that I learned real quick when just doing the Joshua Black stuff. I, I put up the thing and I was like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't put what I was going to ask. Now I just put, I'm just like, all right, look, this is what I'm going to pay you. This is what I can offer. And then you don't get the people who hit you up and go, look at this awesome thing. And then, they're, then you're like, oh yeah, I want you. And they're like, all right, $250 a page. And you're like, I don't even make that much. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you gotta, it takes and, and, but, yeah. and fortitude. You just got to, you got to blast ahead. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It's not easy. So just, you got to be... You know, look, you blink your eyes, it could be two years from now, so you just got to get really unreasonable and rigorous with yourself. 
Seriously, like for me, I'm, I, I do this professionally now. Like all I do, I work for like hashtag professionally. Like they pay my bills and I, I get to the point now because I'm doing it all the time. It's my job, it's my day job, it's become a day job. I find other things to do. I, I write music, play guitar, I play video games, I hang out with my kids. I find something else to do. Or, but hold on, now wait a second. If you're doing it professionally and yeah. you get blocked, like let's say you work at McDonald's and you're gonna blocked on flipping burgers, you can't. It's your job. You yeah. just keep going. Yeah. You do work it. around it, like, I mean, as an artist, that sometimes you just scribble. If you're going to sit there, you'll just do thumbnails, and you never know what ideas well, yeah, come Same I mean, thing with writing. Get, get you know, sit down in front like of a computer. I mean, like, your block can around. last three weeks. Like, no, that'll get yeah. you fired. But, like, if you have a block, I'm talking like a block. Like, if I get, if I hit a spot, yeah, I'll take a break. Like, that's what I meant. Like, I didn't mean, like, yeah, take three weeks off. Yeah. Or you can smoke a lot of weed. That yeah. helps, too. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. In, your in opinion, my opinion. In your opinion. No. Some of us are drug-free here. Yeah, Someone just made Jeff Kaufman another dollar. <laughs> to stand up. I'd like to demystify the block for you. You know, I've, I've lived this too for 24 years. And it really, usually what that means is you just, at the moment, don't have something to say. So one of the things that I recommend is go to the library. You know, maybe, like a lot of these guys are saying, kind of switch the script a little bit, kind of loosen yourself up a little bit, and maybe go back and find really what you have to say. And you'd be surprised. The human mind can't put up, it can't deal with emptiness. So it's going to fill in with something. But... Okay. All right. Do they probably have the best structure in the publishing houses in all of the So you'd ask why we haven't merged together yet, right? Why don't you pay him? I was like, wait, I'm looking at Marno. Is this a plan? Well, hashtag's not Florida, so. Oh, West Virginia. Yeah. Yes, we are. Right next to each other. You, sir, are a genius. <laughs> they totally paid the marketing. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I, what do I own this guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just, this, it's for, for myself, I'm out of a studio of eight people, so as partners, so all of us try to do as much as we can. Um, nice. And a lot of it is joining the cons, extending my hand, talking to people. I, I, you know, the tweets and the likes and all that other crap, it works, it's good, it's helpful. We have a lot of great fans and that we've never met that have gotten our stuff and we're really happy about that. But I rather, I know for sh a thousand percent sure the thing that makes somebody get into something more is your friend's opinion. If your buddy comes to you and says, hey, this place in the corner has a great sandwich, you're more likely to eat that than what a Yelp review says, than what a Facebook post says. You're, you know, word of mouth is still king. So I'd rather have that and convince people, and it's happened with our books where I get sell it to somebody, and they come back and go, my friend read it, he loves it, he wants a copy. Well, and I wanted to just real quick, because I know marketing really well. Like I do a lot, I've done marketing before I got into comics. 
Um, and I was going to say, like, one of the things that you said is true. Is that, that's very, it's, it's very true with the, the idea that, that word of mouth is the best way. A lot of people will, will scoff at that. A lot of marketing people are like, oh, you know, and that's not true. But the biggest thing is, is that, like, just, just a quick, you know, statistic is that if you go get 1,000 flyers, you can only expect 10% return of those 1,000 flyers. And that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, almost down on the dot of that. So, yeah, like, word of mouth is definitely, I think, the best way to market. And these guys are really good at that. Yeah, and it took a long time. I'm going to interrupt you guys, okay, because I love to give everybody five minutes where you can meet these guys. They're all super nice. You can come up and talk to them and ask them personal questions. Before we do, I did want to tell you about Indie Comics Magazine. Yeah, it's a great thing. Eight pages. You submit it to them if you want to get it. Get your foot in the Is door. I got some copies here if anybody wants. I'll, I'll hand them out. I'm also uh, promoting like, I never got to like talk it. about my stuff, but I have a comic book called Horsepower G. It's an all Indie book. If you read it from the front, it is from the human perspective. If you turn it over and read it backwards, it's from the horse's perspective. So it's different, it's different, okay? But I want to thank you all, and come on up and meet these great experts. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I got to read that for the booth, but it's booth 844. I got the kiss of death, Mark. I got the kiss of death. Why are you running away from me? Baby, you're dead. All right, so that was the show. Um, I really want to work more comedy into this. I feel like I should. I don't know if it's comedic or not. I think I'm just talking and trying to convey these things, but I'm like, am I working jokes in here? Not really. But I mean, I hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm going for something good and helping you guys out and motivating you and getting some stuff in order, you know, um, events that are coming up. Gotta tell you guys, we got, uh, the mega mix MI brewery show happening at magic city on the 16th, February 16th. From 5 to 10, it's going to be really awesome. It's going to be food trucks. It's going to be beers. All the types of uh, all the local breweries pretty much come in. We do this all the time with them uh, every year with MIA Brewery. Fucking great place also in Doral. If you ever guys want to just go have a beer, talk shit, you'll probably find us there uh, every once in a while. We like to go there and get a couple of beers and some food and some wangs and uh, have a good time. So, uh, you know, ch- check us out there. We're going to be there in full force. Goblin's Heist, Creature Entertainment. And myself will be there. There's going to be some live music and everything. You can check it out on our Facebook page and everything else. I'll be posting it up uh, this week, uh, promoting it. And then after that, I'm actually looking at my schedule. Saturday the 23rd, we have Art on Palm. And uh, Art on Palm is going to be huge. It starts at 12 p.m. on uh, Saturday the 23rd of February. Uh, it's going to be huge. We have a bunch of uh, vendors, crafts. We're going to be, the store is going to be open. We're going to have tents here. Awesome stuff run by the, uh, brought to you by the city of Hialeah. Bunch of new uh, stuff going on. It's going to be awesome as it comes up. We're going to tell you more about it. Um, but let us know and just uh, come on by, man, and then and check us out. Uh, we'll be doing some other stuff. We have uh, CCR up in uh, March and um, up in West Palm. And we have a couple of other things. Uh, March, April, May is really forming up. Like May is getting packed with events. And we're going to see where we're going to be from there. And we just have a lot of stuff going on. We're trying to finish some books, put some stuff together. So much going on, man. Um, this week, I'll probably will be at Sweet Caroline's. Well, I'll be at Red Bar on Monday the 4th and Sweet Caroline's uh, Tuesday. I am hopefully will be at the Miami Improv for Wednesday. 
I think I might not maybe be able to make it. I unfortunately forgot a whole other event that was happening. Something else that was happening. It was a family thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I may have to cancel that and not be there. Uh, but I will let you know. I will, I'll be posting it on the Instagram. But other than that, have an awesome week, guys. Uh, stay solid. Stay good. Be good to each other. And fucking always forward. Forward always. Motherfucker. Laters. <laughs>